Gilgronis. It's like uh, you order that with your calamari and your soprasol and your port. Gilgronis. Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Major League Rugby's most important players with Mike Tolkien. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by The Pig and Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, and Lean and Limber. Stretch your way to a healthier lifestyle. Hey everybody, welcome to Rugby Wrap-Up at the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle, on West 36th Street in New York City. I have the pleasure of being here with Mr. Michael Tolkien, who is currently uh, in the broadcast booth as an analyst slash color guy, formerly Team USA head coach and coach of Rugby United New York. Michael, welcome. Good to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Mike, uh, we saw each other in Washington, D.C. for the first ever exhibition match for... Old Glory, and they were hosting Rugby ATL, the Atlanta franchise. You were in the booth. What did you think of that event? I thought it was a great event. Uh, it was really popular, well attended. Uh, the indoor facility was phenomenal for both teams. And, uh, you know, it was a good, strong game of rugby. Strange game. Uh, D.C. held on and eventually won going away. Atlanta started strong. Good tight five, really dominant in the scrum and the driving mall. Uh, had some trouble in the backs, but, you know, typical preseason for both teams. It was an intimate setting. It was at the same St. James, sold out St. James, spectacular facility. And afterward, there was a, a gathering, but fans were allowed to mingle with the players and the coaches, which was very cool. There had to be at least 1,500 people in the stands. Yeah, from what I heard, it was about 1,500. Uh, and it was a great experience for the fans. Like you said, they were right there talking to the players and enjoying it. And uh, it's a really good vibe there in, in D.C. With the, uh, with the organization. We did catch up with Andrew Douglas, the new head coach of D.C. Check this out. Coach, part of history here tonight, a little bit different than some of the places that you have been around in your illustrious career and your coaching resume. What was exciting for you tonight with this old glory kickoff? I think the, the crowd was fantastic, and I'd like to thank everyone that came out today, but I think we showed some massive character. You know, we got penalized 22-5 off the park. We were down in position stake 70-30, to 30 and we just hung in, and fought pretty hard for each other. We're lucky we got a bit of X factor there and so we were able to score some points. But you know character's one of those things it's got to grow and it's got to evolve. It just doesn't come. And we got a bit of that already so it's nice. We defended really well for long periods of time and again that comes with wanting to work hard for each other and we saw that tonight. So pleased with that. There's a heap to do, a lot of work to work on for two weeks against Nola, who are a very good side. They started really well last season and I'm I'm sure they'll start really well this season. They they put some points on Houston yesterday so that's a massive challenge for us down in New Orleans. We're looking forward to it. You got some veterans in that lineup. You got Appy from Seattle. You got Threaten, who's been around forever, and he's still a youngish guy, rugby speaking. And Dylan in the back line. That's, that's got to help. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, when we put this team together, that was very intentional. You know, Appy was still the MVP last year in the finals. And when, uh, when I heard he was happy to come and Seattle were happy to let him go, I, I just I thought it struck gold, really. I thought it was like winning Lotto. Did you actually strain your back doing the back wheel, backwards cartwheel, cartwheels? <laughs> I was pretty happy. Is he played for Waikato, my home, my home province, last season? There was an added bonus, but you know, his, his body's not as young as it used to be, obviously. So he manages workload, but you can, you know, when up he's on the field, you know, he hits pretty hard still, and what he can do with the ball is pretty special. So, and the experience, he gives confidence to others around him. He's got young Tavita Nakwali beside him, and he loves working with the old fella. Uh, and he actually, you know, he gave a little welcome to one of the Atlanta players, a, a little kerfuffle. Well, you, as you know, in rugby, you got to stand up for yourself, you know. And 
you got to bully the bully. And uh, someone tried to bully one of us, and up he's the, the king of the hill, so he's not going to let that happen. So, uh, and that's what he's there for, you know. He's, he's not a he's not an enforcer as such, but he's certainly not going to go backwards. It's not a guy you want to tick off and go, you know, it's, you know, got a hockey rink right next door. You, you got enforcers in hockey. That's a guy to have as an enforcer. Ah, oh, it did, right? You'd be a silly man, I reckon, if you want to take a punt on that. So, ah, uh, oh, you know, he just uh, said welcome to DC and uh, make sure you stick to your terms and get on that bus back home to Atlanta. He didn't do anything too bad. All right, thank you, Coach. Best of luck going forward. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to everyone who came out to watch today. Thank you. Pretty interesting what he has to say. He's got a lot of work ahead of him. He's got the beast coming in. Yeah, I think that'll help. Listen, the whole thing about D.C. United's performance on, on Sunday is that they were really struggling in the set piece, especially in the scrum. But they hung on. They hung tough. And it's not always about outplaying your opponent. It's about outscoring them. And they held tough. The backs are very talented. Their support work is very good. And eventually they were able to chip away and one going away. Like I said, Atlanta, you know, they should be happy with their set piece. I know Scott Lawrence talked about wanting a dominant scrum and focusing on the tight five. He calls the tank. And they did that job. The backs were a little loose, a little sloppy uh, with the ball. And I'm sure that'll be tightened up in the next couple of weeks ahead of their first game. Speaking of the backs, we caught up with one of your longtime friends, Mr. Threaten Palamo, who has reinvented himself more times than Madonna in, rug in the rugby space, but let's check that out. I'm a little bit confused because you look like Threaten Palamo, who I thought retired from rugby two years ago, but had an unbelievable comeback with the Houston Sabercats. Kind of like Michael Jordan returning to the sport. <laughs> Definitely not Michael Jordan. <laughs> All right, so now what's the difference between D.C. and Houston for you? Um, well, I've got family here, friends here, so from that aspect, it's been really good, been really comfortable being here. They've got an amazing staff here. Uh, just a lot of guys with a lot of knowledge. Um, they really know how to strip the, the game back to its fundamentals. Um, and they just bring a really good environment and culture to the team as well. So, and, I, and I think that's really important. How cool is it going to be banging against guys like Bastaro and Ma'ananu? I'm more excited about the knowledge that they bring into the game. I mean, uh, Bastaro will bring the French rugby, uh, the philosophy of the game to New York, and hopefully that'll, you know, that'll transfer into, onto the field. And as well as San Diego, they're already a good team. And with Montanone's all-black knowledge, I mean, they're going to be really hard to stop this year. So the IQ levels are going to be off the charts, I'm hoping. So, Well, I don't want to put any added pressure on you, but I did say on my show that you were a player to watch as one of the key acquisitions for an organization this year. No pressure. Yeah, um, well, we'll see. I mean, I only, played, I only played 40 minutes this time. My knee kind of just gave out. So if this old body keeps up, then maybe, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, well, I'm rooting for you, my brother. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. You know, he is, he's a really humble guy. I don't think people understand that. You know, he's a, and he's, he's grateful to be there. Thornton has a great personality. You know, he's just likable. He's well-spoken. And it was really great to see him after coming back with Houston. Yeah. But he looks great. The last two weeks, he's been playing phenomenal. Yeah. And he'll be a big part of it. You know, I, I think maybe changing the role a little bit, not being the man all the time, will help him. But uh, he's going to add a lot to that team, and I'm glad to see him there. All right, Mike, we're going to break from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference with our MIPs, most important players for each of the teams in the Western Conference, right after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street.
Chris got history here today. Big big thing for you guys. Great facility, great crowd. We got another sellout. A huge event for us in that it was our first competition against true MLR level competition. Uh, so it was great to see. It was great to get a sense of like where the quality of the scrums have to be, where the ball handling has to be, and what the level of play is in the MLR. So we feel good about how we came out of here. It was a lot of fun to get out. You know, off camera, you admitted to being like a nervous parent a little bit, <laughs> a little worried. I did. You're right. It's definitely, it's like seeing the baby be born. You got to be nervous about it, but it, uh, uh, it's all beautiful when you see it in reality. So it's good to be, good to be here today. And I think they, they showed that maybe you could trust them a little bit. Yes, exactly. They definitely earned my trust. Even when things start to look a little bit challenging, our boys are ready to come back and play fierce, so we love it. All right, well, congratulations. History made tonight, and I'm looking forward to some more old glory. Thanks, Matt. Great to have you here tonight, man. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the world's greatest rugby pub, the Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. That was, of course, Chris Dunlavy, co-owner of Old Glory, D.C., and Washington Irish legend. But, Mike, Mike, we gave a lot of love to the Eastern Conference, but now it's time to give some love to the Western Conference. And we have our MIPs, our rugby wrap-up MIPs, most important players. In other words, a player that a team can't really afford to lose. And I know it's early and it's preseason, but there are important players. Mike, why don't you start us off? I think, you know, starting with Seattle, just kind of going geographically, I think uh, for me, there are so many good players on that team. You know, you, you look at uh, you know, Shalom is a great leader. Uh, you look at Turner. Turner. You look at Tucker, MVP. Uh, you know, you look at Brock Stoller, loads of points. But for me, it's actually going to be uh, a new, a relative newcomer to the team, and it's halfback J.P. Smith. Uh, I think for Keith Lensing, he's going to be a linchpin of bringing those forwards and backs together and playing consistently at the halfback. Yeah, he's a key, key player. But I got to go into the, into the tight five. Brad Tucker, right? He has been consistent throughout their existence and a key component to their success. San Diego really unlucky last year um, to lose in the final seconds. Um, you know, and from going winning in the final seconds in the semifinal the week before to go in there. Quick question: Joe Peterson's drop goal. Would you would you have embraced it or not not embraced it? So you know, it's a it's a tough one to, to critique. It's, uh, at the time, I just remember thinking it would have been good to play down there, but hey, three point seals, and he's a confident guy. Uh, and speaking of Joe Peterson, uh, he's the guy I picked. Listen, they lost Patty Ryan, and a really tough guy to replace. They do. They, they did bring in Paul Mullen. Uh, you have the Pivotelli brothers in yeah. there. Um, you have some forwards up there and veteran locks. So I think you can cover a loss up front. Um, I think with Joe, he's such a leader. He's such a tactical decision maker on the field. And he, he just brings a real calmness out there, the ultimate professional, positive influence on the team. So for me, even though they're stacked with talent like Seattle, yeah. Joe is the man who really leads that team. Those are really big shoes to fill for Mullen, but he'll have some backup with the likes of Aaron Mitchell, uh, the offensive lineman out of Fresno State, and Nathan Sylvia, the Cal Poly product. Those guys are, are solid, but again, Patty Ryan is Patty Ryan. All right, Mike, so next up, Colorado Raptors. The guy that always uh, has brought it with them has been Luke White. He is as constant and steady and determined. Who reinvented himself. I mean, he's like an offensive dynamo now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he carries and he goes forward, and he's just such a quality individual, quality player that they rally around. 
And listen, you know, they got Rennie Ranger, they got uh, Digby Iwani. I mean, those are great players, yeah. and they got more behind them. Yeah. You know, Mika Cruze and more to follow. So I think they can kind of cover themselves. Muscles, Ryberg. Ryberg. Definitely, you know, leading try scorer. Yeah. And, and again, another influential veteran on that team. But I think if they get an injury or two there, they can cover themselves. Yeah. I think if it's not the most important player, it's the most important pick, perhaps, is Nick Boyer coming over from San Diego. In that J.P. Smith mode, he's a big halfback, scrum half, number nine. Whether he's going to play number nine or the wing, they, San Diego had him bouncing around. I think he's, he's got some impact ability on that squad. Moving on, across the Rockies, Utah, the Warriors. Australian legend back. M- many scores on the international stage. It's their coach, Chris Latham, brought in to potentially turn this team around from a 60-minute team to an 80-minute team. Can the coach make that impact? Hey, he'll make a, a big difference there, you know, and his staff. He's got local and international talent in Sean Davies, you know, BYU product. And he's also got Sean Pittman there as his forwards coach. So you got guys who know the scenery around the country, around the local area. Important component. International expertise. So important components to add to lay them in his knowledge. Um, I also think that, you know, you got a guy, Richard Stanford, who played super rugby, is a veteran lock, adds to that tight five. And I think that's going to be a big difference maker for Utah if they want to have more success this year. You know, aside from the coach, they haven't been healthy and on the pitch at the same time yet with high expectations. Jared or Josh, I'm picking the Whippies. Next up, we're going south. The Sabercats. Last year, they were an interesting team. Um, They didn't perform in the first three quarters of the season, but they had a lot of talent. They had good set piece. They had dangerous backs. End of the season, they got a fresh win to them, and they, they had some good performances there. Uh, a lot of turnover again this year, especially up front. They lost a really valuable player in, in you know, Pat O'Toole, the hooker, I thought one of the best in the league, and also Paul Mullen up front, so that'll affect their tight play. For me, Sam Windsor, you know, he, he holds it together. He, he's going to be vital with a lot of new members in the forwards and backs. He's consistent, he's steady, he has all the skills to be a good uh, fly half, and he also has a presence to him. And last but not least, we go to Austin. Austin, you know, everyone knows how they finished last year, and they, and they just announced a major turnaround uh, and a buyout. And uh, so a lot of things happened down in, in Austin. And, um, you know, they, they, we could pick anywhere, yeah. really. Um, and so that's what makes it a little difficult and not knowing who's coming in totally. But to me, the biggest thing they need is leadership down there. They need people to say, hey, this is how you, how you win. This is how you close out games. Because there were times that they played close matches last yeah. year. Um, they had some good defense. They had moments. But they need leadership. Uh, for me, one of their signings is a New Zealand veteran back rower. Uh, maybe he can bring some leadership. It's Daniel Faliafa. Uh, I don't know a lot about him. But I do know that he's a leader. He's been around the block. He's, he's a hard man. He's a hard player and competitor. So I'll, I'll use him as a building and rallying point for them and see if they can get back to some or to some winning ways. And changing culture, they're bringing in some local talent. They're bringing in some kids from Texas, uh, signing some. They didn't have anybody from the state of Texas on that team last year. Yeah, and hey, that's a big thing, even to crowd following. You know, crowds aren't flocking the stadiums to see – you know, foreign people that they don't know, even if it is a big name. 
and that's a, that's not a slight on these players coming over and, yeah. and how great they were, but friends and families in this type of league in the first three years are the people who fill the stadiums. Yeah. And so having that local talent is really important, and it brings pride in a local product. And that's true of any sport, you know, be it the Yankees, you know, or to the Austin franchise. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, on the on the website, their mes- their their message to fans is that they are going to reach out to the community. They're going to give discounted tickets to the kids. They're going to give uh, kits for them to start playing rugby. And I think this is part of that that Loyals uh, outfit that's going to own the LA team. So now we have two teams that at least two teams that own partial ownership of other teams. Right. Hey, I, I read about that, too, and that's phenomenal. That's, that's what you want in grassroots. You know, Not everyone can do that. Not every organization is in a position to do that monetarily. Yeah. But the AGs are, and they are doing it. I think that's terrific. That's what we need in this game, and the youngsters will definitely like that. And getting families out to the stadiums is what the game needs. It's an entertainment business for the owners, rightfully so. And we also need parity in this league so yeah. the more teams that are even the better for the league and speaking of entertainment it's great to have you in the entertainment space you look like you're relaxed and smiling matt all i need is to be down in florida and we'd have the trifecta but uh, listen thanks for having me out here i'm looking forward to the 2020 mlr season i think it's going to be a good one yeah. uh, i'm excited a lot of teams have built up and uh, we'll see what happens final question since you're good at predictions Who's going to win the Shield this year? Matt, you got some tough teams out there again, and I think it'll be even more competition this year. But I am going to go with Seattle for a three-peat. Adrian Balfour and Shane Skinner are doing backwards cartwheels because Mike Tolkien is usually right with these kinds of predictions. Matt McCarthy and Mike Tolkien from the world's best rugby pub, the Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street in New York City, signing off.